fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. I'm so excited to have with us again, the one and only Hannah Black. Hannah, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm great. Um, so I pop in and there's already a comment. Uh, been waiting for this one all week. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so let's just start there. Like you came on the scene in a in a blaze at West semifinals, right? There's a lot of people, you know, I didn't see a podcast about you anywhere. I didn't see any. And then all of a sudden you take third in the first event and now everybody knows your name for the rest of the weekend. And now going forward into next season, is that weird for you? Um, yes and no, for sure. I think, um, one of the things that someone said to me during that time that really stuck out, um, one of my good buddies, um, had heard someone calling me like an overnight, you know, success because I had gone from, you know, like not being super present in the CrossFit world to finishing where I finished. And he said, yeah, that's funny. It only took you like 10 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's actually true. It's, it's, it's funny because even though I wasn't really in like CrossFit's eye for a while, um, you know, I started weightlifting over 10 years ago. And I think that's kind of what um, made my um, following the biggest after the snatch event. And it was funny because people were like, oh, where did she come from? Like, did she just start? And it was funny because I was like, no, like <laughs> I've been weightlifting since I was like, I don't know, like 16. Um, and it was really, really cool that I got to put that on display um, during that event in semifinals. But it was kind of funny because people were like, oh, she's new. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that new. <laughs> but the the notoriety is definitely new. Oh, for sure. 100%. I, I mean, this time last year, I, um, you know, like still was trying to make it going team even, and then like had no idea what was to come, um, in semifinals. And like, after that, like my life, I would say is, is pretty different now, especially going into this next season. Um, everything is kind of shifted towards, you know, being an individual, which I never thought that I would be. And now um, I'm working with some really great people and I have gotten some like incredible opportunities that I would have never even like thought was possible this time last year. So, you know, as a podcaster, we have to research our guests to the best of our ability. You are so not a social media user. <laughs> like, like you just hit some stories but your feed, like, not updated that often. I right. know that, like, since since semis, you've had interest from sponsors. Mm -hmm. How is it for you going from Miss Private on it, on social media to now you have sponsors and almost responsibilities to use your social media? So it, it's still kind of funny because I. 
I was never like super into Instagram. Like I would go like months without posting something. Um, and I oh, really don't, I, <laughs> I really don't like being on my phone that much. Um, but now the way that like I look at it is like the only thing that I care about like career wise right now is making it to the games. So if Instagram is a tool that can help me do that, then I, you know, have been trying to do it to the best of my ability. Um, even though again, like I never was really super into Instagram, never really wanted to have my phone in my hand always. Um, but now it's kind of like, I, I do have a couple of deals with a couple of different, um, incredible companies that I have deliverables on. So like I have to, you know, post X amount of stories a month for each deal. I have to post like a, a feed post um, once a month and things like that. And honestly, like it's really, really cool that Instagram is something that can, you know, like help me pay the bills so that I can train more hours out of the day and work, you know, less. Um, so it's, it's, it's been kind of weird <laughs> to think that I make money off of posting things on Instagram, especially coming from like not liking it that much, but it, it, it's helped me a ton and it's already, you know, like those deals have already changed my life to where that I've taken less hours coaching so that I can train the way that I want to. Well, perfect lead in to last time we talked, um, you were, you had like seven jobs and I'm exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> To kind of make up for the one you left um, in California when you moved to Austin. Right. And I know, you know, we talked last time about you signing with Cooper and and right. then lab management. It's been obvious on your social media. You've added some sponsors. So where do you sit now with coaching and working for NOCO and all of those things? So I, I still coach and, and work for NOCO. I actually got to work the Rogue Invitational for them um, at the end of October, which was so fun. Like we had a blast working at the booth and like I saw so many people that I know and, you know, met a ton of people that had seen me at semifinals and that was so fun. Um, and I enjoyed that so much. And it's also, it's just like, I love the company like NOCO because they give me like every opportunity. Like I texted my um like area director boss and was like hey I really want to work rogue if you have an extra spot let me know and she was like of course we would love to have you there and so I got to hang out with them had the best time um so still working for NOCO um still coaching at two different gyms um but I definitely have dialed the hours back at both of those gyms um and so still doing random things here and there but definitely um the sponsorship money that I was able to get has, has lightened the load a ton and, um, allows me to train, you know, like twice a day if I want to, whereas like before, um, with my schedule, there would have been no way that I could have gotten in the gym two separate times. So it's been, it's been really good. So, uh, Jay Birch, Jeffrey Birchfield, I call him Jay Birch. He says, uh, the burpee dude and myself got a chance to chat with Hannah at Rogue. Oh, no way. Yeah, I met, there were so many people there. It was so much fun to talk to everyone. Yeah, Jay Birch is a legend. He's a, a yeah, I think he was a judge um, at Rogue this year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I remember. Yeah, lots of the judges came up to the no-go booth because we were giving out free no-go's for them. And he um, he did Chad on a step stool that if you go to, um, you, you go to Instagram and want to see it, it looks like the most dangerous version of Chad you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Taking some risks there. I like it. <laughs> like just hanging on the edge. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Chad, I've done um, Chad before. It's, it's a lot of fun, honestly. It's like you and your thoughts and your calves are like exploding by the end of it, but it's, it's a good feeling. Well, because you mentioned NOCO so much, I just have to say like, just to get me through this interview, C4 is a great um, sponsor of this show. <laughs> and it helps me get through this show just to kind of offset it for my deliverables. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And that's how I kind of got to know you, right? We talked about that last time. Chase is my C4 rep. Yeah. Chase, Chase talked about best. you. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's how I, I got to know you before you took third. And so okay. when you did, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that was when, that's when I was like, I got to get a quick interview with her because... Chase told me she's going to blow it up this weekend. <laughs> They've all, yeah. Everyone at Carhu was so supportive. They were like, you're going to do great. You're going to do great. And I was like, I don't know what to expect. I was like, I just, I'm just going to go out there and have fun. And they, they've been honestly like one of the best support systems of just like reiterating, like we've seen people, you know, um, go to semifinals and do okay. And we've seen what you've been doing and we think you're going to do incredible. And it was really cool to have people like Chase and people from Carhu, um, Jess and Michael, who, you know, they've been to the games before and they, each time they were like, you're going to do so well. And I was like, I, it's my first year. I got a backfill spot. And they're like, no, you're going to do great. So it was, it was awesome to have them in my corner. All right. I'm going to jump around in my notes because you're segueing to something perfectly. So it was announced last week, the new season structure. Mm -hmm. In that announcement, it was announced that semifinals are going from 60 to 40. Right. Last year, you were a backfill spot. Mm -hmm. So you finished 62nd, I believe. Yep. Got in through the backfill and then finished top 20. So here's my question to you. Are you confident enough in your ability that that doesn't matter anymore? Or is this something that you're thinking about? Well, I've really got to focus in on quarterfinals more than I did last year. Honestly, um, they could have cut it to 10. They could have cut it to whatever they wanted to. Um, I don't really care what they cut it to. It doesn't matter to me at this point. Um, I know without a doubt, I you know, have put in the work and have done everything that I possibly can do. So if it's in the cards for me to go and, and even like one step forward to make the games, like that's what's going to happen. And, you know, if it's not in the cards, then that'll happen too. But honestly, when they said that, a lot of my friends were like, Oh, are you going to go team? Are you going to change your plan? And I was like, absolutely not. Like that doesn't change a single thing for me. That I love that. Like that is the best response ever. Because when it came out, my my first thought was you. Yeah, that a few people have said that. But honestly, in my mind, it's like, so I got a backfill spot last year. And I kind of, we kind of talked about this the first interview. Um, I don't think that I really took the first three workouts that seriously. Because it was, I didn't redo any of them. Even when, like, the one with the lunges, we did the dumbest way possible. Because I had to turn around on my lunges, like, five times around, which was obviously not ideal. Um, so it's just like small things like that. We just didn't take into account, didn't think it mattered. Um, so I even know, like looking back on it, if I were to redo a couple of those workouts and, you know, like get a better plan, have a different strategy, um, that I would have done, you know, much better. And I also think going forward into this next year, like I have hammered every weakness that I had that, you know, 
showed or showed itself in quarterfinals and in semifinals. So I'm almost like wanting those things to come back up so that I can show that like I've worked so hard and, and I'm so much better than I was. So. And if people didn't hear that first episode, they should go listen <laughs> because you actually were not going to sign up for quarterfinals. You were just going to do it for fun. I, and then yeah. and someone talked like, you into like actually paying the money and doing it. Thank goodness you did. I know. I think about that a lot. It's like, that could have been a really, really bad, um, bad choice on my part. But yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that I had the coach at the time to say, if you're going to put tape on the floor and someone's going to count your reps, you would be insane not to pay that money. But in my head, I was like 50 bucks. Like that's a, cl that's one class that I coach like that. <laughs> that's like a decent amount of money for me at that point. So I was like, I don't know, like, what's the point? But he was like, no, you're doing it. So. <laughs> and how much that's changed your life since. Oh, that's dollars. Huge. Hugely. And I think honestly, like it was all, you know, like in God's plan, because things, if you were, you know, when you tell people the story, when I still tell people the story, they're like, that's an insane story. Like you didn't plan on it. You weren't going to pay for it. And then like, you know, like by the skin of your teeth snuck in and then like that could have, you know, like changed nothing if I finished the same way that I came in, um, towards the end of the pack, but the workouts fell in my favor. Um, you know, like max snatch, that was literally a godsend. Like it couldn't have been anything else. So that was just, yeah, everything fell into place. And, and the plan that he had for me was, you know, like a crazy one, but I'm so thankful for it. So all the other aspects of the new season that are out so far, are you just like, I don't care. And like the rock in wrestling in the 1990s, just like bring it. I honestly, when they said it was in Texas, I was like, Oh, good Lord. Like some of these girls are going to die. Like the heat in Texas in August is honestly unreal. But I know they said, you know, most of the events will be held inside, but I'll say whatever percentage of events that are outside, if you are not acclimated with how hot it is in Texas, then that is a huge, huge disadvantage. Do you think that helps your training, training in that heat all the time? I would love to do a study um, to see if, you know, like training in extreme heat, what the effects are, like if it actually carries over to um, increase in performance, because it's, it really is like we, I was talking to one of the um, owners when it first started to get hot in Texas. And I told him, I was like, look, I've never trained in an environment like this. And he was like, you're just going to have to expect to fall off a lot sooner. And honestly, like in the middle of the summer, I remember thinking, I was like, I don't know if I can do anything fast anymore. Like it honestly feels like you're moving through. Um, I don't know, like the best, ex like, um, description would be like moving through like syrup. Like you are so slow, like <laughs> nothing moves fast. And, um, so honestly, I don't know. I've read a few studies that have compared the two and I think to an extent it, it increases performance, but after like a, a certain extent, the heat, um, just kind of like deteriorates your output and, um, the work that you're getting isn't at the same output that you would be getting in, um, you know, a, a better environment. So for me, that meant I would either do my, you know, cardio sessions or long capacity pieces at one of the gyms that I worked at with air conditioning or, I would be really smart. And when I trained, um, whether that was, um, early in the morning, um, or, you know, inside, I just had to kind of make the smart calls because I think there is a point in time where it's just so hot that the return on 
working out in that sort of setting is just not um, beneficial. Yeah, I think a big part of it too that you'd have to factor in is how you take care of yourself in recovery. 100%. Drinking water and electrolytes. Oh my gosh. If you don't drink electrolytes, I think you might die. So. And you've, you've lived on the East coast, you lived on the West coast and now you live in Texas. You've experienced it all. Yeah. Honestly, Santa Barbara training in Santa Barbara was incredible. Like I can't even remember a single time that I would go into the gym in Santa Barbara and think like, Oh, it's cold or, Oh, it's hot. Like it was always perfect. Like I, the doors were always open. I think it rained like two times the whole two years that I lived there. Um, so it was, yeah, perfect setting there. And then coming from North Carolina, it did get hot. Um, but it it always cooled off when the sun went down and that's when we did most of our training. So it didn't, I I don't ever remember thinking like, Oh, this is really, um, you know, really preventing me from training the way that I want to. So I, I, Definitely have felt that way though in Texas before. Yeah. And you, and when you were North Carolina, you were Eastern Carolina, like you were out yep. by the water. Yep. So yep. that's very that's humid. way better than like inland North Carolina. Right. Right. But yeah, it's, it, it would get hot in there. And, and it, my gym there was a giant um, warehouse. And so it would always be hotter in the gym than it would be outside. Um, but, but like I said, when the sun goes down, um, it was, you know, yeah, much more bearable. Much more bearable. So didn't really ever bother yeah. me that much. So I want to jump into what you've done since semis. Um, and I'm getting back to my notes real quick. Um, so last year you, you said it in these words, I accidentally made semis. You have your big breakout and then you have to sit back and analyze what you need to do to go forward with your new goals. Right. right? And it seems like one of those was you need to get out on the competition floor and do some individual events because you did MacFest, you did crash crucible and we'll get into later, maybe what your plans are for the rest of the off season. So Was that a concerted effort to kind of just get some comp experience under your belt? Oh, 100%. I think, um, you know, being my first individual competition at semifinals um, was a little nerve wracking because it's like there's so many um, extra pieces that you don't even think about that you wouldn't even know about. Like, um, you know, getting there a day early, checking in and making sure that I have all the things that I need and you know, getting the chip on your ankle, getting the numbers on your arm, walking from the warm-up area to the comp floor. It's like all very um, nerve-wracking if you don't know what to expect. And, and again, like I had no idea what to expect. And so all of those things kind of like hit me at once because I was like, wow, this is this is a lot. Like these, um, and like the girls around me, like this is their job. Like they've been doing this for years and years and years and they all know each other and I don't know any of them. Um, And so all of those things were things that kind of um, not honestly not scared me, but it was just like something that I had never thought about before. So in these past competitions for um, that, I competed at as an individual, um, you know, I knew what to expect. I knew that I would be in the warm up area, mostly alone. I knew that I would be, you know, in the crowd, like waiting by myself. I knew all of those things. And honestly, like being able to dial in just like the smallest thing of like, okay, this is the warm up that I'm going to do. Um, 
if I find myself like by myself in the, the warm up area, this is what I'm going to do in the corral. If, if I'm getting antsy, like this is what I'm going to think about when I walk to this stage, things like that. Um, and so having those like test runs, um, that, you know, like didn't really count for anything. I wasn't qualifying for anything like, um, you know, like it didn't matter if I won or I lost and like having those experience to really dial in, like what I'm going to think about, um, how I'm going to strategize, like, what I'm going to do when I get out on the floor has been huge for me because, um, yeah, <laughs> semifinals as your first individual competition, I would not recommend. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it helped me a ton growing as an athlete and just figuring out, you know, mindset and what I was going to do. Yeah. But if you have to dive head first in the pool, that's what you got to do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, um, so then you go, you, your competition in the off season with, was MacFest. Yes, I did that one. Um, I guess it was the end of October. And with that one, you it was only three events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You took third, first, and first. Yes, the first one was gnarly. Um, I almost didn't want to do it because of that first event, but I was like, uh, this first event is awful, but you know what? The second two won't be as bad. So yeah, it, it was a great competition. They, the people that they have running that event are top notch. Like a lot of them are, um, you know, work the CrossFit semifinals events. So the way that they structured everything, even down to like the way that they set the floor up and the way that they called you into corral and like the briefings and the rules that they used were exactly the same standard as semifinals. So that was really, really good for me because, um, I just knew like going in, like everything would be exactly the same as I wanted it. And like, even, even if it were were things that I didn't like, like one of the things that, um, I kind of like faced a challenge at MacFest was, um, the ring height for the last workout, um, was really low, um, for me. And so I was really worried that, um, because I have, a, I have a history of shoulder injury. And so I was really worried that the rings were low enough that I wouldn't be able to kip the way that I wanted to causing me to catch really low, causing me to possibly, you know, injure my shoulder. And so I was really worried about that. And then the rings out on the floor ended up being like a little bit higher so that my feet weren't hitting the ground, but it's, it's um, just things like that, that you can't plan for that just have to happen to you for you to, you know, like have a plan and figure out what you're going to do. Um, and so I'm super thankful for the way that they ran that competition because it, it really was like exactly like a semifinal would be. And so I have that, you know, in my back pocket going into this next year. Yeah. And for people who don't know, Wilson Pock is like the dude when it comes to running events. 100%. And when, when CrossFit uh, didn't run the semis in North America, he ran a couple of them. Syndicate Crown, two years of the Mac. Um, and they were the actual semifinals to get to the games right. and they have brought him on as advi- an advisor at the games and to help out with the semifinals in the format they are today. Yeah, he, he did a great job. Um, and he, he was actually the one that was talking, um, to about the ring height and he was like, look, like, this is what you're going to get. This is, you know, how, to, how you have to, um, handle it. And I was like, all right, then we'll figure it out. And, and we figured it out and it was fine. Yeah. So you get that and you get the win. So not only did you win the individual, you did the team and you won that too. So if you're going to go to an event, you might as well get all the gold. (laughs) I guess so. 
I, um, yeah, I did team with one of my really good buddies, um, from Santa Barbara and, um, a few of his friends. And it was so fun. Like I, I, you know, started CrossFit as a team athlete. And so being able to work out with him again, um, was so fun and meeting his new friends. And and honestly, like the coolest part of all of it was that for the team competition, they gave us a sword because we won. It's like the coolest thing ever. And they let me keep it. So I have it now. It's hilarious. It's like 10 pounds. Like you probably could cut someone's head off with it. I don't know. I haven't tried yet, but it's, it's like the coolest thing ever. Oh gosh. I just went to like eighties movies with chopping a person's head off. But that was my next question about the sword. Oh my gosh. It's so when they ran the semis, they still, they gave the sword to the men and women's winner and the team oh, winner. Yeah. And Jason Hopper, like he thought it was fake. No, it's and then real, he got it. And he was sure. like, oh my gosh, it's real. Oh yeah, I yeah we I had to buy a box in Maryland to ship it back, and yeah, it's it's in Texas. I have it, and I I try to put it in the living room, but I live with my sister, and she makes me put it back in my room. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, any chance to bring it out, I'm oh anyone who comes over to my house, I'm like. Do you want to see my sword? <laughs> and if they say no, I'm like, uh, you're not cool. You have to leave. <laughs> this is my kingdom. Oh yeah, for sure. As soon as I have my own home gym, I'm going to hang it on the wall, but like accessible enough where you can still grab it. But yeah, it needs to be, needs to be displayed. So in the eighties, cause I'm old, um, there was a movie series called the Highlander. Okay. And the only way you could defeat the bad people was to chop their heads off. <laughs> it seems like, yeah, and, so, good way. <laughs> and Corey, apparently he's old like me. There can be only one. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, I just started watching, um, like one of the old, like medieval, um, uh, TV shows on Netflix. And they say like, I'm going to put your head on a spike. And I've, I started saying that, but now I like actually could have the means to do that. So that's cool. Oh, oh my gosh, you're killing me. Uh, Chelsea Chelsea Miller says, who doesn't want to see a sword? Right? Some people, yeah, I've had people over and I'm like, hey, do you want to see my sword? And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you need to consider whether they belong in your circle or not. Right? Yeah, definitely not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you actually had to have it shipped. Because you couldn't take that on a plane. No, well, (laughs) I don't think um, very far and ahead for almost anything. And so I was like, even when we won it, like I was carrying it back into the um, hotel and my boyfriend was like, can you not just like swing that thing around everywhere you go? Like you're going to scare people. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like I didn't even, I don't know, in my head, I was like just so excited about winning it that I didn't even think about like other people who like didn't understand the situation thinking like, there's a girl in the parking lot of our hotel swinging a sword around <laughs> and like maybe probably not do that so that the police don't get called. I was like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. Like I'll probably, I'll probably like put it in my bag, <laughs> but yeah, we had to ship it, but it made it. So uh, Jay Birch says we have a gym in Cedar park doing a team event called heavy metal. The trophy is Thor's hammer. No way. All and right. I got to find a team. Right there oh yeah i love it honestly that might be worth me going to cedar park 
And I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, my nickname when I first started CrossFit was Thor. Oh my gosh, I love name. it. <laughs> and so, yeah, the one tattoo I have is Thor's hammer. And that's, now that I want to go to Cedar Park. I don't even know. I'm assuming yeah. it's in Texas because that's where Jay Birch lives. All but right. I don't know how far it is from uh, Austin. I'll have to figure that out. Yeah. I'll, is it a, t a team of four? Do we know? <laughs> well, I'm sure we can get all the details. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Jay Birch is a connected man. So then, so you figure out the sword, you get it shipped back. You have friends that just don't understand. Right. And then, and then you go like a couple weeks later, you go to crash crucible. Right. Now, as OG as MacFest is and run like the games, I would say the same about JR at, at Crucible. 100%. And the, the talent there was high. 100%. Yeah, it was it was a great um, experience for me um, because MacFest was great too, but we didn't, there weren't a ton of um, competitors, whereas Crash, there were like, I don't know, like 20 or 30 of us. I'm not even sure how many um, individual girls competed, but there were a lot. And there were a lot of girls who, you know, had been competing for years and years and years, um, much longer than I had been. Um, and so getting to compete um, against them and, and it, especially like, I think the thing that makes Crash stand out um, compared to any other competition that I've done yeah, is the implements that they use. So um the first workout had pegboard ascends which i have never done in a competition um and honestly i would say before before crash i don't i don't even know if i had done pegboards like in a timed workout like i think that i had only ever done them as like a skill piece um, um where, where you know, time was not really a factor and um i could take as much time as i wanted to to, to climb up and down i just had to to complete the work so Starting off with that um, was a lot because I will say, um, as you know, as candidly as possible, I did not do super hot uh, in my tests of that workout. I got capped actually both times I tried. Um, and then on one of the attempts that I was, um, I got capped and I was like, okay, whatever, I'll just finish anyway and see if I can even do all of the work required in that workout. And um, on that time, I didn't even get. Um, I believe it was six pegboards in the workout and even get six pegboards, um, even when time wasn't a factor. So starting with that event was a lot. <laughs> I um, remember looking back and I had even posted something about it on Instagram, but I, someone took pictures of me through the door um, in the corral, like waiting to be called onto the floor. And I, I don't even remember anything besides like just like constantly like praying like dear god please don't let me fall off the pegboard like <laughs> to the floor um and just like kind of praying for um a good outcome and honestly that was probably like my biggest win of the whole weekend i ended up you know finishing the workout in sub 10 minutes which is crazy because i didn't even come close to that in training so you cut out just a little bit and it might have been on my end um, I'm having internet issues with this company here, but um, you said you you never finished it when you tested it and sub 10. Did you finish it? So, so the cap at crash was 14 minutes and I tested it twice um, in my gym. Didn't even come close to finishing it. Didn't even finish it with no cap. Um, and then at crash, 
I was able to go sub 10 minutes and finished it, which is, I don't even, I don't even understand, honestly. I think for me, it obviously it was the pegboards that was a limiting factor. And when I got to crash on the day before the competition, um, I tested their pegboard. And I think one of the biggest differences that I noticed is that their pegboards are on like cement, like brick walls. Whereas the one that I use um, at Carhu is on plywood um, that's like attached to the wall. And for whatever reason, I felt like Spider-Man at crash. Like my feet just stuck perfectly to the wall. The pegs stuck perfectly into the um, holes. And and for whatever reason, it was a huge confidence boost because the one that I did the day before was easy. And then we get into the workout and I was like, it's still six. It's still paired with, you know, Zercher yoke carry and ski it's still going to be a lot but i i did my sixth pegboard and i almost for a split second stopped to be like oh my gosh i cannot believe that i just did six pegboards but i was like wait no 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 like you still have like ski and zerger carry to to finish you can't just stop and and get excited yet but i was honestly that one wasn't a good finish for me um i think i was somewhere in the middle of the pack but i could not have been happier about that yeah, it it was an insane competition. One, every so my co-host on my Thursday night show competed in the Masters. Okay. And that was a stacked Masters group. Oh yeah. Like, like they sure. were shooting for your guys' times. Right, right. Yeah. And, and she like she basically PR'd the first four events because there were things she never touched. Right. In the first four <laughs> events. Yeah, it was. They honestly, so yeah, there were pegboards and then I'm trying to remember the second event. Um, I, I just remember that there was flip sled in there, which um, I had only ever touched um, a pig, like the real pig that they use in the games. And so I, I in my mind, I was like, oh, the flip sled is going to be easy compared to that. In my opinion, the pig is much easier than the flip sled. Like it, the pig just is like, in my opinion, more uniform and like the way that you pick it up, you have to use like an underhand grip. Whereas like the flip sled, a lot of people were holding onto the handles. Um, and I didn't like going overhand. So I went underhand on the flip sled too. But in my opinion, the pig was way easier. The flip sled was a little harder to control. So that, and then they also had handstand walk ramp, which you don't see, you know, much of, um, any of that in, competitions unless you know you're at semifinals or the games just because people don't have them um and so seeing that in a competition was also um new for me because the way that they set it up um it was a ramp to a ramp and then you had these little things you had to step over then it was stairs to stairs and my gym only has one ramp so I had never done you know like upstairs downstairs and it, it doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal but um I definitely could tell a difference in um, the stair to stair because that's the harder part for me. And that was really, really hard considering I had never even done it before. So yeah, it was a lot of things, a lot of new things, a lot of new experiences. I learned a ton. And and just like I was saying about the Mac uh, crashes ran so well, Um, very, very professional, very similar to a semifinal. It's a great competition. If anyone, you know, ever gets the chance to go, I would 100% recommend it. so it was, it was a great experience to, you know, see new things, try them out, see where I stand and then kind of build from there. Yeah. What's funny is my co-host, 
is five, three, mm-hmm. very different on the scale than you are. And so the hurdles yes. were tough for her because very tall. Yeah. Big, big lift up over and keeping your balance to get over that hurdle. Right. Yeah. Those actually, so I practice them differently because we, we don't have anything like that in our gym. I, I used, um, parallettes to stand out or to walk over. And that was harder because they were taller, but the benefit in that was that I could put my hand almost under the parallel as I was stepping over it. So I could control a lot more. Whereas the things that we had to step over were just as wide as they were tall, um, which was very different. Yeah. Well, just a quick interruption. Uh, Jay Birch says it, it, it is streamlined CrossFit. However, darn it. Saturday registration is closed. Sorry, Hannah, you should check it out. Um, next year, it's all about lifting heavy. Hey, I'll be there next year then. That sounds fun. <laughs> Male, female partners. All right. There Love you go. Love to hear it. Yeah, lifting next heavy and hammer. partner competition sounds great. <laughs> um, so, so you finish Crash. So Mac, you win everything you do up there crash is a completely different story all these new implements all this new stuff throwing at you but was the experience that you got with all the new apparatus all the big field um was that worth it oh 100 yeah i would say for crash um when the workouts started coming out um i wouldn't say any of those workouts were you know, geared towards the athlete that I am, um, in my specific skill set. Um, so I knew that going in, um, all the workouts were, um, you know, like very high skill. And, um, the only one that had like a relatively heavy weight was the thruster ladder. And I was, I was excited for that, but I would say if, if I could pick any lift, that's like my least favorite out of the lifts, I would say it's thrusters. So, um, I, I was still excited for that one though. And I was honestly, I was still excited for all of the workouts, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, the luck of the draw, um, whether the workouts really like lean in your favor or not. And, um, that one was one of the competitions where it was kind of an uphill battle the whole time. And, you know, I took the wins where I could get them. Um, and even so, even, you know, comparatively to the field didn't really matter to me what I placed, um, you know, comparatively, I just, it mattered to me that I was able, you know, like for the first event to, to complete the pegboards, that was huge for me. Um, it mattered to me that on the run flip sled GHD workout that I, you know, ran faster than I thought I would just things like that. So I, there were a ton of wins to take away from that one. Um, and honestly, I, whether it's, you know, crash the Mac, any other off season competition, I don't do those for to win and, and for placements. I, I don't really care where I place because it's not my goal. So I didn't, I don't even think I really tapered that much for crash or the Mac, um, because I really just did it for experience. And, um, the, my main goal is always ever going to be to get to the games. And so, um, you know, I took those experiences for what they were, which was individual experience. And then you move on from there. So here's the tough question. If you would have known you would have won a sword, would you have tapered to make sure it happened? Uh, Probably, honestly. (laughs) That's just something that, like, to me, it's like when everything's said and done, when I'm done with CrossFit and I'm, like, hung it up and I'm doing whatever I'm doing, that's, like, something that I can, like, show my kids and be like, I won a sword 
and here's pictures of me doing it. So like, that's something that like actually matters to me. <laughs> okay. Well, good. We got the tough question out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because and I don't even know if you know, this exists. There's this heat one app, which is a fantasy game for CrossFit. No, I've never heard of it before. So for crash, they ran the game mm -hmm. and you pick, there's a thing called shot caller and you pick the athlete you think is going to win that event. Oh, wow. That's cool. So I had you picked to win the thruster workout and then you let me down with the second place. Ooh, I believe the girl who beat me, her name was Amanda. She beat me by like a minute. She's insane. She does like grid league stuff. I think, um, is what someone was telling me. She crushed it like absolutely crushed it which was funny because um my boyfriend and i were talking he was like look i don't even care if you win the thruster ladder as long as like someone blows it out of the water and then you're pretty close because the way that like the z score was working what what we wanted to happen was that you know someone blows it out of the water i'm decently close to that time then everyone else was just like way far away but she she messed up the z score so she got a ton of points from that one and then we all got like you know somewhere in the middle um but it was funny because we were talking about we were like dang if she could just like take one for the team and like take like 20 more seconds 30 more seconds so that me her and the girl that got third were all like pretty close together and then everyone else kind of fell off we were like ah we should have asked her before she warmed up, like, Hey, take one for the team, go a little slower and then everyone else will fall off. So, so that performance-based scoring, we talked about a lot that weekend because my co-host came on, we did wrap up shows every night. Um, and she hated it. She hated it so much. And in the master's field, there was only 10 athletes. Mm -hmm. So it was really skewed. Okay. I, so I don't hate the idea of that. I think if you are that much better than the field at something, then you should be, you know, rewarded for that. Um, and on the flip side of that coin, if you are that much worse than everyone else, then, then you have to be punished for that. The only thing that I think I would say that I didn't like about that scoring system is how meticulous you have to be on what's like a rep. So like, some of the things that we talked about um, or they talked about was like, okay, in the flip sled workout, are you going to count the run as one rep compared to like one rep of GHD? Cause then if that's the case, then, you know, like that's not even close to being accurate. So I think if you're going to implement a scoring system like that, you have to be like so meticulous on what you say is and isn't a rep um, just because it, there is like that does introduce bias of like, okay, like I busted my butt to get in before the run was over, but someone beat me by, you know, like one GHD and that's the same, like that's crazy, um, you know? And so I I don't mind that scoring system and obviously it didn't really work out to my advantage at crash, which is fine. But um, I definitely think if you are to do something like that, um, everything has to be like standardized, standardized to be equal. equal. It's almost like it should be used on some events, but not all. Like yeah. they looked at Rogue and they, they, they said like they tried to put it into effect post to see if it would have it changed the order or anything. But like the duel, they couldn't even put it on it because the duel was already designed to um, 
to penalize those who weren't good at it. Right. Like right. when you're out in the first round, there's no way you're getting up to higher points. Or, right. Right. Yeah. That would have been hard to score. Yeah. So they just didn't, they just used standard scoring on that. And then the performance scoring on everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. I, I like the idea. I think it's, it's different. It's new. Um, I think, yeah, you should reward people for being incredibly, you know, gifted at one thing. Um, but again, like with that being said, then people who are, are really, really bad at something get, you know, pay the price. Yeah. I do have to get this. This is really funny. Chelsea Miller says, and I'm going to add a piece to this. You need to find a competition that gives away a shield. So then you have the sword and the shield. I'm all for it. I'll keep, yeah, building my, my weapons. <laughs> um, yeah. So if anyone knows a competition that gives away a shield, sign me up. Yeah. Cause you'll go all out for those. <laughs> oh, 100%. Pull out all the stops. So last time we didn't get to talk about this, so I'm going to make sure we do this time. And that is your faith. Um, on your Instagram, it says Christ alone. Um, and every time we talk, you bring up um, that it was divine intervention, that that you made semis last year, that the programming was the way it was. Like, And, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Christian myself, staunch believer. My first question to you is, being a believer... And all the success coming at you, how hard is it or what tools do you use to make sure that God is still first in your life? Um, um I think in, in any instance, like when things are going well, um, you know, it's it's easy to to praise God and, and thank him and be like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Like all these things are falling into place. But I think for me, like even when I got the results that I didn't want to get, like, you know, not making the games and like other, like just really, really hard things. I don't know if I could get through some of those like really, really hard times if I didn't like completely rely on God's plan for my life. Cause it's like, if I can go to bed at night knowing like, you know, I did everything I possibly could and it just didn't happen. Then, then it wasn't in the cards for me. God didn't plan it. And that's totally fine. And I can live with that. But I just, yeah, I think without that idea in my head, I honestly, I don't know like how I would live my life. It would be really rough. Cause I think I would, you know, like um, just beat myself up over it uh, over again. And like that, honestly, to me is just like, I couldn't live with that. So, you know, having, having something to say, like, look, my, pl the plan for my life is already written um, by someone who, you know, has an even better plan for my life than I could ever plan for myself. And so I, when thinking about CrossFit, when thinking about life in general, it's like, if I didn't have that to fall back on, I don't know what I would do. So I'm honestly, I'm so thankful that I have the faith that I have, because if not, I think I would go crazy. Do you, do you see a way to use your success in CrossFit as a platform? to spread the word of Christ? 100%. And, and I try to do it as much as I, you know, possibly can. Um, and it's not even that I'm like taking the opportunity to, to promote something that I wouldn't do myself. Like I just me, you know, like talking about what I do day to day and like the things I think about and like the way that I approach things, like 
the presence of God is always going to be evident in that. And so it's not even me, you know, like putting on a show so that people would maybe like listen and, and go to church or something like that. It's like, it's literally like, I just talk about my life and what I do. And, and, and I'm honest with, with how I think in the way that I approach things and, and, um, God's presence and like the, the values that I have through being a Christian is, I hope is always going to shine through in that and just be authentic. And if, if, that, um, you know, reaches someone and it resonates with someone, then I'm like, like just the happiest person in the world because all I would ever want to do is, you know, use whatever God has given me in this life to, to shine his light. And if, if that, um, helps someone or someone hears it and, and the glory goes to God, then I've done more than enough. So the big question is, have you always had this faith? Or was there a moment in your life that triggered it? Um, that's, yeah, I'm not really sure. Honestly, I, I grew up in church and, um, I went to a Christian, um, elementary school and then, um, about, I think like second or third grade, I started going to a public school and, and my family always went to church on Sundays. And then when I was old enough to go to youth group, I, you know, begged my mom to go and I started going. And then in college, um, I found a great church and, and was able to serve at that church. And then when I moved to, you know, Texas, I, one of my first things was to do is to find a church that, you know, I could meet people and serve. And, and I guess it's honestly, it's, it, I guess it's always been like that. And I, couldn't picture my life without it. Um, because there has been stretches of time in my life. Like when I was in, um, California, I couldn't find a church that, you know, that I really liked and that, um, that I really learned from And, and I suffered for not having one. Um, and so when I came to Texas, my, I think the very first Sunday I moved here on like a Thursday. And then like that Sunday, I, at that morning, I was like digging through boxes, trying to find something to wear to church. Um, like I hadn't had unpacked anything. Um, but I knew that, um, you know, having a place to learn and to meet people that are like-minded is, is so important. And I think honestly, just my whole life, I've had kind of that preset to want to find a church and, and learn more about Jesus. So in the Bible, there's a passage that talks about putting on the armor of God now that you own a sword, does that mean anything different to you? Oh yeah. 100%. It's like if, if I'm carrying it around, people are going to be like, why are you doing that? I'm like, oh, armor of God, man. Look it up. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to ask you about your faith is, um, like I was raised in the church too. And my mom is, gosh, one of the most, she loves Christ so much. Like, and she follows him so hard. And she's such an example for us. I never had that like epiphany moment or that born again moment that you, you hear stories about. And my mom and I talked about it. Like, it's almost like you feel a little bit cheated that they have this story, but, and you don't, you grew up in the church too. Do you ever have that feeling? Um, I, I definitely can understand where you're coming from and, and people that have that feeling. But to me, it's like, like a lot of the people who have this, like, born again moment is because, you know, like their life before that was, um, not how they wanted it to be. And like, maybe they made some bad choices or maybe they just had a terrible, you know, situation growing up in life. And like, honestly, if anything, like, I'm thankful that, 
I didn't have anything that like steered me so off path that I had to have one of those moments. Um, I would say, you know, like living in a, in a household, my mom is very similar to yours. She's, you know, read the whole Bible, um, knows exactly what to say in almost every situation and, and always reacts in like a godly way. And that's like, in my mind, it's like, I'm honestly thankful that no huge, like terrible, awful thing has like thrown me so far off path that I needed one of those moments. That's a great way to look at it. And it's probably, and and truth be told, I'm blessed to have the mom I did and to be raised in the church and to always have that in my life. And, uh, and so it's just a fleeting moment. We were just having a conversation because we had been hearing some really good, like born again stories. I think. Oh my gosh. They, the yeah, and, they're insane. Some of them. Yeah. And so it, it's just putting that human element on a godly thing, which probably doesn't mix anyway. Right. <laughs> right. right. So, um, so you've, you've had a big off season already. Any plans for any other events this year? Or is it just like buckle down and train? I qualified for fittest of the coast uh, in Charleston, South Carolina um, in January, I believe. I've not accepted the invitation yet. I only have like three more days, I think, to make my decision um, if I want to go or not. Um, But um, I'm kind of sitting on the fence about it, mainly just because – you know, like life changes and job changes and things like that. Um, but I enjoyed the qualifier workouts. I really liked all of them. Um, and you know, like I had to do one of them the Monday after competing at the Mac for three days, I had to do the other one the Monday after competing at crash for three days. And, um, but even so, like I I placed well and I enjoyed it. And so if it's in the cards for me, then I definitely would love to do that one at the end of January. Um, but if not, then I'm, you know, locked into the season and I've already, you know, been, been training hard for the open season and in quarterfinals and semifinals and so on. So I might do that one in January, might not, um, but really have already kind of started to shift my focus towards, you know, the CrossFit season as being my number one thing coming up. Uh, Chelsea Miller asks, have you found it easier to connect with other athletes since so many are faith-based in CrossFit? Oh, 100%. I think um, whenever I see anyone, you know, that I follow on Instagram um, that has like, like-minded um, beliefs as me, I love meeting them, love talking to them um, just because some of them have, you know, different outlooks and different perspectives on things um, that I might be struggling with. And, and I think CrossFit is, is such a cool thing because, you know, you suffer with someone and then all of a sudden you're best friends. And so that's a really cool way to, to meet people. And, and honestly, I think the amount of, of Christians that do CrossFit is huge and I absolutely love to see it. Um, so that's been honestly a great experience for me as well. Yeah. I love it. With the first CrossFit gym I went to, um, we, left our church and went to another church because the pastor was working out with us and I just wanted to support him. Right. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I think and, if you do CrossFit, you have to believe in a higher power because there's so much pain <laughs> in it that so you're much. like, okay, I need to go pray. <laughs> and it, yeah, we could go on a, on a funny tangent for that, but I want to respect your time. Um, the last thing I want to say is if you followed us last year, we followed 10 athletes to the CrossFit game season ending with a documentary that still has episodes coming out, um, from the CrossFit games. 
Um, I think we can announce that Hannah has agreed to be followed next year as one of our athletes um, starting in the open and we'll follow her as far as she goes. Hopefully that is the CrossFit Games um, with mini docs coming out throughout the year. And uh, we're super excited to do that. 100%. I can't wait. It's going to be a great experience. With that, I want to thank everybody in the chat for being here and contributing to the show. You guys are awesome as always. Uh, and with that, Hannah, thank you so much. And thank we'll you. see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast. Bye, guys. C4 Energy, Extend, and Cellucor are delivering the most effective, best tasting, and highest quality products for you. Get 20% off when you use the code Clydesdale at checkout at C, the number four energy.com. That's C4energy.com. And now back to the interview.